Hello, Cyclocross friends, and thanks for tuning in to episode 222 of Cyclocross Radio, the Triple Twos. We have a show for you today. We start off, we do a cursory review of last weekend's racing, the final racing weekend until we come back in September to do it all again. And then we get into our impromptu award show, which was awesome. A ton of fun. I think you guys are going to enjoy this conversation. It's the Media Pit Awards show for 2020-2021. We're going to get to that in like one minute. Get on over to the Wide Angle Podium. Hey, I want you to check out not only the Slow Ride Podcast and Criterium Nation, which we've talked about, but Nowhere Fast, which is the show that Zach and Mike Swart and Kevin Bruchard all uh, do on virtual racing. It It is a hoot. I, I love it. I, I think those guys are great. You may not be into Zwift Racing or any of the other platforms out there, but it is a conversation about bike racing. It can be on anything. If you love bike racing, you're going to love this show. So go check out Nowhere Fast. It's available on all of the uh, platforms, and it's also part of the Wide Angle Podium family of shows. And the other thing I would ask, become a member of the Wide Angle Podium, and then support Nowhere Fast. Go check off the box next to Nowhere Fast to to give them some love. We want to make sure that they can support that show and continue to uh, make it. Uh, that's, That's selfish for me. That's what I'm doing, and I love it, and I want to make sure that all their costs are paid for. So go do that. And I think that's about it. Uh, Check out the CXR's bulletin. There are links to sign up for it below. We're going to keep going into the mountain bike, into the gravel season. And before you know it, Cyclocross will be right back. Also, check out Grim Pure Brothers Coffee and also our friends over at Willa's Kitchen for a deal on oat milk. All of those links and codes are down in the show notes. Okay. Episode 222. A cyclocross radio. We're in the media pit with Michael and Zach. We're doing our award show, and it's happening right now. We are back in the pit for the final time with racing. So you get one last shot. No pressure here, Michael. How's it going? Was that? Was that on the cross? Was that? Was that? Wow, that's so terrible. That's so <laughs> late nineties terrible. Wait, let me. Try no, again. but it's no. But okay, yeah, go. Bill, I went for a bike ride today, and I wanted to share this with you, Zach. Too, it was sixty-four degrees, sunny. I got to say, I'm really. Feeling like a slutting for spring. Ustmale. What's up? <laughs> it isn't. I loved those. I loved those commercials Did, so much. Didn't they bring all those back for this for this Super Bowl? I mean, you're current again. Did they? I didn't yeah. watch Super Bowl. I I watched the Super Bowl through your tweets, Bill. <laughs> Wasn't that like Bud Light? <laughs> I believe so. Yeah. So they had all of the Bud Light characters throughout the ages all came together this year in one ad 
amazing. Maybe. But it was a concept. Was the dog, there was a dog, right? Was that also Bud Light? Spuds McKenzie? Yeah. Spud McKenzie. Or was he... The ultimate uh, party dog? Yeah. Was he with Bud Light or was he a different beer? I feel like it was Bud Light. I don't know. <laughs> Budweiser? Okay. Oh, they were the uh, the I Love You Man commercials, too. Yep. You're not yep, getting those my Bud there. Light, Johnny. Love those. Yeah. <laughs> those were quality. I don't know. I know the What's Up ones were like super derivative, but <laughs> those were funny. There were so many that if you go back and look at it, you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, uh, let's start with the uh, the one that we could actually watch. St. Nicholas. The What's up? F- the, <laughs> the, the final atheist cross race of the year. A sand race. I don't know. I, I Denise Betsima won the women's race. Ailey Ezerby won the men's race. It was an uh, interesting chase behind Ailey for second place and Tone pulled it out, and I spent the whole race just uh, writing tweets as if uh, Lauren Sweck was uh, was a, de- a, a noir um, detective, and that's 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 how much I was engaged in this race. Bill, I really enjoyed your hard boiled fiction about Lauren Sweek, and I really hope that it um, we have more of it. I, w- I want more. I think I think that I think the CX fans want to see more of that next year. So add that to the bulletin docket. Okay, it's a good. It's good to have more bits, and it was. Um, I don't want to overdo it, but at the same time, it was a lot of fun, and I was. I was su- surprised the engagement that <laughs> got. So, that's. I don't know, Zach. Anything to really talk about with this race? Not really, but uh, honestly, no, not really. But I wanted to do I some. Uh, we we talked. Oh, you actually have actual insight, so I defer. I do. To you. I have one thing. I have one thing on. For, well, I have two things. One. I actually really like the St. Nicholas course. I remembered it from before that those super crazy climbs in there, they kind of adjusted it wrong. Uh, they kind of changed it up a bit, but I remember those being super tough and I think it's a cool feature. Two, I think, and maybe we'll get into this later, but Betsima just once again showing that she is the best of the rest. I mean, when Brandon and Primetime aren't there, it's hard to not see her winning the race. And she did it kind of with the plum. Yeah. So last uh, last podcast, we talked about our friend Ailey being Mr. October. Uh, hat, hat tip to my friend, Narayan. And then he it's funny, he texted me on Saturday and he was like, so I guess we were a little uh, a little premature on talking shit about about Ailey picking up the dub. But I was I was curious, you know, because these these February races, we kind of write them off. We talk about, you know, a chance for some of the up and comers to kind of make their mark. But I was like, oh, there's a decent number of races to like cash to be made and whatnot. So I looked at the we'll do a little quiz a little last five years. So we'll go last five years. Who is the the winningest February rider men and women last five five years? This one's not that hard. Men and women for the last five can, years. Can I buzz it's in? It's really not that hard. Vanderpool? Yes. So he's Con. got 16, and he didn't even race two of those Februarys. So here's the here's where it becomes sticky. Uh, number two. Wait, you're saying who's number two most winning? This is men and women? Lars Vanderhaar. Sonicon. No, no, it's 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 Betsima. She's got oh. ten. 
Wow. But wow. five of those got vacated. So she racked up five in yeah. 2019. So I guess if we're going, you know, not counting. So it's kind of kind of interesting that like she's doing, she still has five. She's made a lot of money in February. <laughs> That's the other thing that I was thinking. So we've got Vanderpool with 16, Betsimo with 10 slash five. And then in th- third, second. So we'll, we'll, for the for the sake of this argument, we'll say in second. Yeah. Would be. Uh, Vandernout. No, Sana. Sana has nine. You had it. You had it, Michael. <laughs> Vandernout was a terrible, terrible guess. I okay. Bad. And and Ashamed. just making it perfect because he is he is the favorite rider of the pit, Lawrence Swack. Yeah, he's got six. He's a February. So guy. still going ahead. So those are your, those are your include, February stars. That includes the three from this year. Yes. Okay. Yeah, because I was kind of curious because um, primetime has five. Betsima has five slash ten. Um, Ezerbeat has three. Ertz has three. Wow, with only two. <laughs> so poor Wow. Only last only couple years two. though, he's been checking out though. Yes. Yeah, yes, so. but he was still racing some of the years when Vanderpool was still. Oh, racking, and then he had the Vanderpool problem. Remember, we had the the Lilla the year at Lilla with the wheel that you know the mechanical right <laughs> that thing that happened. So anyway, so that's my I don't know fun little thing that I was thinking about. Matthew Vanderpool, Mister February, and he hasn't even raced the last two seasons. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a good stat though. That's interesting because it's that's great. At this at this race, wasn't this the race that somebody just completely tacoed a wheel one year coming off the like up from the beach and off of it? God, I can't I can't remember who it eh, never mind. Yeah. Oh, Are you thinking about that guy who crashed his time trial bike at the finish line? <laughs> through the sand? He crashed in the sand. <laughs> no, the dude uh was that what happened? Like at the finish there line. There was he sand was over the whole oh, okay. I don't know if that's what caused it, but you could see sand blowing across that that finishing stretch and he just, it, it seemed like he put in like one hard crank and just like yanked his, that yanked his front wheel out from under him. I don't know. Since I'm, we're on UAE tour, let's just quickly, yes. we've got to talk about Vanderpool winning the opening stage yep. and then leaving the race because of a positive test on his team. And, and one of the uh, people who had to stay because he was in contact with that positive test Jumping, Our jumping. boy Yanni Vermeersh. Did I you mean, see the? Did you see the the picture of him riding riding the trainer in the <laughs> ultra modern glass and steel sort of hotel room balcony that just looked like something out of you know the year twenty one hundred? It, it was just yeah. It was it, it was it it anything you think about like what uae should look like that that was it in that in that hotel room i feel like we'll know we've made it cyclocross will really have made it not not the olympics oh no no it's when one of the sultanates wants to bid on cyclocross worlds <laughs> then we'll know that we are a big deal well oh my god as as i i snarkily uh tweeted uh obviously i said there definitely there obviously wasn't any mud in uae uh since we know vanderpool can't race in the mud um that was really an underappreciated tweet thank you and it did not get as many as (laughs) however many likes it got it didn't get enough that was brilliant and then of course somebody said well there was a lot of sand and um (laughs) so you know you could have coke side of the middle east it it could it could happen oh my gosh i oh i i'm i'm just still thinking about 
what like what's going through Wout's head right now? I mean, like Vanderpool already out of the gate getting the win. Wout is like on a volcano training for I guess coming to Strada Bianchi. So I don't know. I mean, Vanderpool's like, what's up? Balls in your court. I don't know. Yeah, interestingly, like he's on a real va- uh, uh, volcano. Vanderpool being the Zwift sponsored athlete you know, is, <laughs> is uh, yeah. Uh, I'm excited. I mean, I hope those races happen. I mean, clearly last year was the year of Wout, and I don't think there's, I don't know. I think this is going to be the year of of Machu. So I think that uh, he could be winning a lot more than just than just Flanders. <laughs> since since the uh, slow ride always wants to you know dip their toes in a cyclocross i guess we can we can safely stay here and they like to you know scoop us on because they record before us on on races that happen so i guess we can do this and say we're stuck talking about gravel and whatever else on their last and then tim racing or riding in the rain now with uh vanderbilt coming back michael does does he win omloop is he doing omloop he's he can if he wants to he can't so this is the thing. the The thing is that you, if you win Omloop, you're not going to win Flanders, right? This sort of it, they say you the curse. I don't know. It's so well known. you think that he will purposely not do the, like he went to the reason his team went to UAE was so that he would have a better chance to win Flanders. Is this what you are arguing? <laughs> and now, and now, COVID has gotten in the way of those plans. <laughs> I think that I think that Vanderpool is he's game changer, so he can win Omloop and then win Flanders, and yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean, he's paid to win races, not fucking show up. So he's breaking the paradigm. Yeah. Okay. Guys, should we do the should we do the award ceremony? Should we do the award show? We haven't even said we are going to do it yet, Zach. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. That this was not where I thought we were going. I am happy with it, but once we got that racing bit out of the way which we did a horrible job of analyzing the race i apologize to everyone out there who really cared a lot about saint nicholas and Ustmali that none of us could watch uh we we're doing our end of the end of the season awards and we've all spent upwards of 30 minutes uh putting this together so this is a well-prepared but i think we're going to do good we got a we have a season's worth of analysis and commentary and and knowledge that we have accumulated that is all going to come out now in our end of the year awards show which we're i mean just to just get right into it we're going to put all of that into let's just kick it off michael the best inflatable object. Oh, oh, going great. Great. nice course. Love it. I love this option. Okay, so you okay? How do we do this? Because I think we should all make one nomination, and then we'll we'll discuss, and then we'll pick a winner. How about how's okay. that? Okay, all right, all right. So my number one. There's a lot of good ones. Obviously, this is some, the one thing I like a lot about European Cross is just the things that you see on course that you don't see in the states. Um, just gonna, I got to mention this because a lot of people don't like mayo. So I just want to say the giant mayo bottle bottle is one that I always point out to my girlfriend who hates mayo, but the, the winner to me, the one that really sort of is just gonna, no matter the course conditions, this one always comes up top and he actually, this one saves the day. It's the Becco washing machine. I mean, that's the boss of all bosses for inflatable course side objects it's an appliance (laughs) (laughs) 
It is. I mean, are there kids going, oh, you know, for Christmas, I want a stuffed washing machine? That's why it's so great. Because you know what? At the end of the day, you got to wash your kit. And it saves the day. Yeah. All right, Bill, you, I need you to bail me out here because I've got two in mind. So I'm okay. hoping that you'll pick one of them. I, do, I don't know if I will, but I, I, my favorite is the, uh, the, the, the prick and tick. Uh, that is, that is my all time favorite. It is a, just a, a creepy big green bottle with big bugged out eyes and like a bottle cap hat. And then like a 1950s looking Fonzie jacket on hey, given, given a little, uh, uh, Aloha, Mr. Hand. Um, and, and I, and yeah, so they, they are a, um, a beer and spirits uh, uh, shop, prick and tick. Did you point out that it's also green? It is also green. Well, I mean, you don't want the beer to go bad. It's got to be a you know dark bottle. Can it's, I do two? Is yes, that okay? Please. All right. So, I mean, I've got to go with like the thirty foot tall rubber ducky. I mean, I love the duck, and I know our man, our Euro correspondent, Ethan, throughout the season, he got some nice shots where there was, or, you know, him and Jeffrey with the duck in the background, and it was just, oh, it was perfect. Like, nothing better than Vanderpool just, like, being a generational dominant talent with a giant inflatable duck in the background. <laughs> and what's your, is that what you're going with? What was the runner-up? Uh, my other one is the giant uh, Noiseblatt guy who looks like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Um, and I see him and he just looks super creepy. He looks like, to bring it back to the Simpsons, there's uh, they, these um, advertisings get brought to life. And there's this giant donut guy and Homer won't look away from him. And they sing this song, just don't look, just don't look. And then he finally turns away and he dies. But um, yeah, he reminds me of the donut guys and the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Perfect. Yeah, I, I don't. We we couldn't have gone through all of this without mentioning the hate newsblad guy. So I'm glad you glad you brought him up. I think he is. I think he's a coach. Is he like a 1980s coach with like the blue shorts like over his belly button? Like that's that's the vibe I'm getting from him. I see him more as like a newspaper carrier. That probably makes more sense. <laughs> but I'll go with coach. <laughs> coach newsblad. I the the ones. Okay, so the, the, what, what I think to get into the running for next year, I think Atheist Cross has to bring to life their, um, their, their kind of cartoon character thing that's always in the mud, and he comes up like when Lawrence Wick got his um, unluckiest rider uh, trophy. It was a little trophy, a little Atheist Cross guy. So if they made that into an, an inflatable, I think knowing that they weren't in the running this year maybe will give them some impetus to do that for next year. And then the, and this may came, come up later in our awards, but for now the, the biggest miss on inflatables with the most up, you know, room to improve has to be robot land. <laughs> I mean, get on it, Essen. I, th that's just, you know, that, that's just a miss there. And, and my last point on this that I was, um, reminiscing with uh, Michael before. I know they're not inflatables, but my favorite sort of course side mascots that ever existed were in 2012. And it was when I think it was in, it, it may have also been in Essen, but at the old course and it was, uh, it, they had a littering campaign. So they had these people dressed up in these, these uh, mascots. And one was like an eaten 
um, <laughs> rotting apple core, and then one was a crushed um, soda can, and then the other one was this huge cigarette butt. <laughs> And, and they were walking around and maybe I'll, I'll post it again, but I have like Sophie DeBoer, this is, is like winning this race and you see them like jumping on the sideline, cheering for her as she goes by. And it's just the most surreal uh, image. Uh, so that would be just something mascots have to come back. I guess that's what I'm saying. But so trashiest I, I, fans right there. Yeah. So are, are three, are we voting on who wins this or are we just going with all of our picks? Let's just go with our picks. I think that's yeah. a good idea. Okay. okay. Where should we go from right. here? Well, a little bit more serious. Who is your who is your rider most likely to be back? Oh, okay. I'm going back to you, Michael. You get to start us off again. Um, I have two. Um, and I will I'll do it this way. I'll do Euro and I'll do American. Um, I think Anna Marie Wurst is gonna come back strong next year. Uh, she was sort of at the the front of uh, St. Nicholas uh, fighting for it. You know, she had that strong finish at Worlds. Whatever happened this season, you know, hopefully she won't come into the season next year off an injury. I think she'll figure it out. And I, I expect a strong showing from worst. I was going to say for American, um, our favorite American in Europe, uh, the T-Bex, Rebecca Ferringer. I feel like she uh, learned a lot this year, had a, had a tough season, but did the full Euro campaign. Um kind of by herself and i feel like when she comes back to stateside she'll figure out like here i am getting into rebecca's head or trying to figure out you know like i'm making up i'm making a narrative around rebecca but that she'll figure it out this summer we've got races on the calendar she'll have some certainty and she'll come in to strong to the to the u.s season with all her friends around her and, and she's gonna be back plus a vlog <laughs> the vlog she bump. got the vlog bump she well, she, well, in, yes, yes, <laughs> vlog bump, kind of. She did. Anyway, <laughs> people love her vlog. Uh, man, you took the, I mean, you took the obvious one yeah. in Anne-Marie Worst. Um, I think, uh, I'm going to go, I think, I think Mr. October is is poised to come back. I mean, it's a given that Ailey will be the top sauce in October, maybe into November. But I, I think he set the stage, you know, with that injury kind of derailed him to to be a competitor, when Wout and Machu show up again. So I think that Ailey definitely has the potential to be, to be back next season. Okay. Well, Anne-Marie definitely was on the, on the top of my list. I think that's the one that we all want to see on, on the women's side. If, if not her, I'll, I'll throw in another name. Yara Castellan. This is going to be, this is going to be the comeback next year's going to be the comeback year for Yara. Hopefully, hopefully she'll, uh, maybe get a mountain bike and get out there and hit the trails and uh, figure out that part of her game. But uh, with everything else she has, you know, going for her, I think, I think that she could, she could come back and put in, put in a decent season. And then on the men's side next year, I'm calling it now. It's going to be the year of tone. This is going to be the tone era. It's, it's finally, we've seen it. We've seen, you know, he's won the world cup last year sort of up and down disappointed this year next year next year it's it's gonna everything align for wow and machu and everything to come in just honed and ready to go this year and it's sort of through and tone was not at his top next year next year year of tone 
well, maybe he'll have some help. Maybe maybe that would help Tone. Maybe I I'm, I'm Lauren Sweet. He already Lions. Newsflash. He just extended for two years. Damn it! <laughs> Damn it! Sauce for life. So Tone was Tone was one of my other. Uh, he was definitely like my second choice, but. So you guys, uh, to ask to, to do one of our occurring bits, I don't think anything... Oh, actually it did, but you know, one of our uh, things is the sauna watch. So you guys are... You're selling on the sauna... The sauna-sance. The sauna-sance that we've seen here at the end of the season. You guys are selling on the, the, the sauna-sance. I just want to say sauna-sance over and over again. Well, I think if we were to all put our hands together, light some candles, and have a sauna-sance, uh, we could... Um, <laughs> We could, we could, the spirits would tell us that maybe that time has passed. We're selling. All right. We're selling. We're selling on sauna. Yeah. Right. I, let, when, hey, when you guys would go with the next category. Well, I, I, to, to segue into that category, and maybe this will be what we say for next year, worst take we made this year. I like I mean, this because I, I I threw this out there. I think we need to be accountable, uh, you know, for for the most egregious of our takes. I mean, I already copped to it in a story. I said that uh, prime time would not win worlds because worlds wouldn't happen, and worlds happen. So I was more than happy to have that be my worst take of the season that I can remember. I I said at the beginning of the year that Yara was going to have a, a big win, and. <laughs> I mean, oof! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Sorry, I wanted I wanted you to. <laughs> I will say that my worst take was jumping in and and getting offended for the rest of the men's cyclocross field that all media cared about for the World Cup season was Wout versus Matthew. And I believed I said that that was overhyped at the time that all people were talking about was Wout versus Matthew. And you know what, guys? It turned out that all that mattered during those races was uh, <laughs> Wout and Matthew. So that, that I think, would be um, the, the take that I was probably on the wrong uh, side of. That's good. I like, I like this little bit of sort of like catharsis. <laughs> That's good. This is good. This helps us grow. Thanks, Zach. Well, I think ironically, too, I think our collective worst take that we all agreed on was <laughs> our worst take where we wrote Anne-Marie worst off uh, yep. the weekend before Worlds. And we said, nope, she's done. And then she came within a bump and fall of potentially winning the world championship. So I think that one uh, deserves an honorable mention as well. Yeah, peek behind the curtain on our on our Google Doc. Uh, Zach did put "worst" in all caps when he uh, had had this uh, topic in there, so the the pun was already set. Okay, let's 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 get into the. Well, let's do this. Let's let's save the bigger ones. I'm gonna I'm gonna say ask ask this one starting with you, Zach. Top women's sub topper. This was tough. Man, that is a tough one. So we we we've got like we know the three the three toppers, I think, that we kind of settled in on. Oh, poor man. Like who who was consistently it's a good question. 
I mean, like the top three probably won what, like 80, 90% of the races, at least like the major. Yes. Um, I mean, I, I'm going to steal the easy one and I'm still going to say it was Anne Marie worst. I mean, she had a great first half of the season and she finished with some good results and she finished second at world. So yeah, she is consistently despite a blip. And I think I, Michael, I think I know you're shaking your head and I think I know what you're going to say. Um, but yeah, well, I'll uh, just, so yeah, Emery worst. Yeah. Before we get to Michael, that, that was, I was like, that's the, that's the easiest cheat code out there because she started out as a as a topper and definitely slipped down to a to a to a sub topper. I mean the other, you know, if you if you also wanted to just like not have to come up with a a <laughs> harder answer, you could also say that Brand was the only topper out there, but that's not really true because they they really they really split up those wins, but I, that was that was going to be mine as well. Amory were so we're gonna let the real decision making. The only guy who you know is gonna put his put his foot to the fire here, Michael. What you got? Caravas. Yeah, I think. I, think I, I I she. I was thinking about her. I have her in there for um, other uh, other awards. Yeah, I was. It was. It was hard to think of this. Like who was, and I almost thought about Betsima, but you you know she's. She's going to win the race. Um, and I just thought that Katavas maybe didn't have the most consistent season. And has I think she stopped racing. But she was someone who, if things were right, could win the elite race. And, you know, and she did a few times. So that's my vote. Before we get all of the hate mail, Zach, do you want to um, at least put in a pitch for uh, Clara Hansinger? Well, that's what I thought Michael was going to say. I Just the way he looked at me. <laughs> like He gave me the you forgot about Clara <laughs> Uh, look, no, so, I was yeah, I mean, she had worse. some, yeah, I mean, she had the U.S. I mean, I was trying to think of like who you can make an, a compelling argument for. Like, Sana was very, I mean, Sana was a midler, Yara didn't do the thing. Um, you know, uh, our girl Bakker showed promise at the end of the season, but she was wildly inconsistent. You know, Femba Ample had her moments. I don't know. I just I think there was a clear demarcation where subtoppers kind of came and went, but there was no one who was. It wasn't as like clear cut as the men's side. It's very clear who the subtoppers slash midler of note are, and the women's field was just so top heavy. But isn't it also the case? And I know it is such a the definition of what a subtopper is or is not. We've debated all season long, but one of the things I think that we came up with is that a subtopper is someone who has the ability to win a race, right? I mean, I, I think that's why Anne Marie sort of slots in there as the best, wherein she wasn't guaranteed to win it. She wasn't a brand. We had three racers, Brand Alvarado, Betsimo, when they all lined up on the race. You know, you could sit there and look at what type of race it was, what the conditions were, this and that. But at the end of the day, it could have gone down to any any one of those three to win the race. But on a really good day, and especially, you know, as as we saw her get strong near the end of the season, and especially in that world's race, you're like, oh, Anne Marie worse. Well, we know she can win. She's won a ton of races, and she always had that ability of being the person who could spoil the show and win the race. So I think that's that seemed why she was for our, for our definition of that. That's why she may have fit in there. Should we move over? Should oh, we do the men? Should yeah. we go to the men's side? Let's do the men. Okay. Bill, you go first. Okay. Since, wait a second, because you put me on the spot. <laughs> wait, I got the easy one. Bill, you go first. Whatever. <laughs> well, so... The, one of the, 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 the problem that I had with this one on the men's side, where the men are different from the women, is that 
it, it seems obvious at first, but then we also have this weird season with the men where you have these part-timers come in and it just turns out that the part-timers are the fastest people who race. So it just sort of changes the whole complexion of, of how we define uh, topper from a sub-topper. So I think that when everybody is there, you would have to say that Tom Pidcock would be in that position. He was the one guy who was able to at least scare a little bit for part of the race Wout and Matthew and got a lot of second places. So he got up there. So I, I think, and I'll let you guys, I, I, I have another choice, but I'll just, I'll just stick with that one. I'll get him. I'll get Tom Pidcock onto the board. Zach. A proposal. Yes. Could we rename it? Yes. The top generic Belgian. Oh yeah. Cause that would be my other choice, but yeah, I will step aside though, but yes, definitely. Let's do that. Michael, would you like to go? Yeah. Or would you like me to go? I'll you go. go. I'll go. Yeah. Okay. So this is, I mean, Wout. Wout is the best subtopper. I mean, this is this is how it is. It's Topper, Matthew Vanderpaul. It's subtopper, Wout. Everybody else is a middler. I like it. I'm all in. I like it. Okay. I disagree. Fine. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> but now, fine. okay. Let's Scr- say, right, let's, fine. Now fine, let's fine. do let's so, all right. generic Belgian. Can we guy. just. Co- all right, can we do generic biology guy? So I think this one is kind of interesting. I mean, I we saw like wildly uh, inconsistent riding from a number of riders. We saw injuries. We saw people all over the place. Um, so it's like it's kind of hard. I mean, you would almost have to like go to the metrics or um, our buddy Jan in the uh, Slack channel who did like F one scoring of the the season or whatever. So it was amazing. Uh, yes, but so it's it's like it's like really 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 hard. Um, I mean, we already gave like a nod to Tone. We've already given a vote to Ailey. So, who had a better season? I'll just add, like, who had a better season? Van Tornout or Swack? Swack. Van Tornout. I'm on Team Swack. I don't think, I mean, looking at when I did my uh, analysis for Worlds, Van Tornout had a moment. Oh, and his moment was glorious and he shone brightly, but like his results weren't that good the rest of the season. Like, he, you know, I don't know. I just I feel like we were blinded by like how amazing it was that we were a guy. I don't know. I'm kind of on Team Sweck on that one. I I, I will never be off of Team Sweck, but the Tabor win for Van Torn out and holding off Ailey in that was huge. That's that was a career defining moment for Michael Van Torn out. Uh, Sweck didn't have anything that rose to that level this year. And I think there were some races, you know, when we talk about the dynamic of the the, the sauce team, that I, I I do think that Michael Van Tornout was was the one who got hurt the most in that playing the good teammate. And there might have been some other some other opportunities that maybe he sacrificed himself for for his teammates. So maybe Michael, we should be saying free Mikey V. Swex seems to be able to, to to fend for himself just fine. That's a really good point. I I like this too. I mean, do you, we go to Lions? Uh, would he go to Tormans? Where, where where do we where do we free Mikey V? He seems more like a Tormans guy. That would be a yeah. fun trio. But that, that that okay. But of course, I you say that. he seems more like a Tormans guy. Tormans is just like a offshoot of the Lions. I mean, it's. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I guess so. You're saying that you think that freeing Mikey V, he, you think he's, you think that he's good enough to be a franchise player. I I think that it would be a, it, it would be a long shot, a a worthy long shot for a team. Put the put the tag on him. Yeah. He is a. He's a he's a Wentz. So like, let's say you were starting a uh, a new a new team. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of something Belgian that would you would have as your sponsor. Pick and trick. Um, Prick and tech. A potato company. You're, you're starting in the frites. You're the frites. <laughs> you're going to somehow be the potatoes. Uh, you know, you've got, you've got a budget, but you, like, you don't have like a wout budget. You don't have a Machu budget. Not even an Ailey budget. Uh, who do you... I mean, who do you, do you... Do you get Van Turnout or do you get Swack? Man. I, I think it's a tough call. I, I, I understand the allure just to, to Swack, but... I just I like I I think I like Van Tornout's consistency over the over the stretch of a season. And you know, maybe maybe he doesn't get the 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 highest highs of going on a run like Sweck, but he's always gonna be there. He's always gonna be in that in that fight. And you do realize there was a, a Freets team. <laughs> no, I, I didn't know that. Domo Domo Fart. Farm Frites was a road team, um, Belgian road team, famous one. So let's do what? And we'll go, we'll just do, we'll do, we'll combine it, men's and women. What was, what was the best race for you of the season? Best race of the season. This this was one that I went through and and we get like recency bias and I was thinking about worlds and I was thinking of these other later races because they're the ones that are, are fresh in my mind, I really, really liked Namur this year. I thought that was a great race. But I think I'm going to say it was Tom Pidcock winning Havre. That was really good. Yeah. I got to keep our UK demographic happy, Zach. <laughs> no, it was an amazing race. I mean, that was like, that was a, a race that we'll remember. We'll talk about when Tom Pidcock beat. And so part of it is what race are, you know, a way of looking at it. What are you going to remember? And I feel like that's just a, I mean, it's a, it's just a generic super prestige that we'll talk about like five years from now. We'll be like, Hey, do you remember when Tom Pidcock beat, you know, I, I, I want to, I, I want to throw in, I think, a, you know, I want to throw in my women's on, on women's. I'm going with the world's race I'm going worlds for women. I think I I was struggling with this one because I, that just they all feel kind of like a blur to me. But I do think Bill, that you brought it up, uh, Van Turnout winning, um, winning uh, Tabor. I think I don't like Tabor course, but I think that race I enjoyed because that there's so much of the story behind it and the fact that he, you know, he, he it was tight there at the end and he was able to do it. And that was this was this after he had just won. Uh, the super prestige race. Uh, am I? Wow, there's yes. so many. Wasn't it like Merck's Plus? Right. Yeah. Was it? So it was the same weekend. Am I? Anyway. Anyway, that's my. No, race. it was the, it that. was the next weekend. He had like an amazing like eight day run. Yeah. Okay. So that's my pick. The, okay. Uh, I mean, I definitely agree with with Bill that that Havre race was just like 
awesome and just kind of mind blowing. But I'd have to go back to, I think women's euros. That was just such a banger. And the really the, because the course was a little simple, just the amount of the way we were able to overanalyze it and the strategy and just the nuance that went into that and how it finished. And at that time, it really looked like we were looking at a season of brand V Alvarado again. So it was, I'm sorry, uh, Alvarado V worst. My apologies. So it's kind of interesting that that was kind of like the high watermark, like, we didn't know it was coming, <laughs> but you know, at that point, it this, th- those two had been those two since worlds the year before, and it's a great race. That was a good one. That definitely was a good one. Just how it set up and how it played out, lap after lap. Yeah, you're right. We were able able to gleefully overanalyze that one, and it was one. I think we, yeah, we probably spent like 45 minutes. On it. Right. I was thinking there was a point when there was a few races that we literally went lap by lap, and. I I guess Euros is probably one of those because now now you know that race came to my mind because I was thinking about worst courses and I was thinking that how much you hated that course Zach and I was thinking that would probably come up in that in that conversation but that was a really good race. Okay. One of for my other job when I would assign uh, editors to and writers to to summarize cases uh legal cases and my my first rule to them was always don't make your summary longer than the case itself and (laughs) i i believe in our in our summary our race recap of the race we may have made the race recap longer than the actual race that's okay though yeah for sure okay let's let's jump out of the people for a second I don't know, best? Are we calling it the best controversy? Greatest controversy? Most um most notable the juiciest controversy beef. Juiciest of the year? beef. Juiciest beef. Juiciest beef. All right, Michael, you want to start us out on this one? Yeah, I think that I mean it feels obvious to me, but I mean any sauce controversy was my favorite controversy because it was all inter-team. And so I think when uh, that last X two O race that Squeak won, where we had some, you know, there was a little bit with the time and Katoon and Ellie, so we had something. There was a couple stories going on in the race. The fact that Squeak was going for the win, you had the owner of the team, is you know, reaching his mask's face over the tape to yell at Squeak. You had other people on his team yelling at him, Squeak looking back, kind of waiting for Ellie, not really. Then we hear that he lost his grandfather. I just, there was so much in that race. And I that was some beef you really could sink your teeth in. And so that was my pick. My pick was not a beef, was a actual controversy. I went with Skeldacross, starting with the false start that was or wasn't, which kind of just started the women's race off in a lot of confusion. And it was Saline Alvarado, who may or may not of she did, uh, false start <laughs> in that race. And then the the second piece of that is that Skeldacross gets all fancy with their with their course design because they don't have people there anymore so they don't need their big uh, flyovers and they can put the course in different places and they they go out there and and uh, 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 cut out a new section of the course and this is an area that has all this industrial 
detritus all over the place. And then the same rider, Alvarado, gets a wire, picks up a wire riding through through this new section that wraps all up into her cassette, and, and she's out of the race. So I, I thought that it was one of those things, just two, you know, you don't see false starts almost ever, and then just this crazy thing with her picking up this wire and wrapping it around her cassette that I think was probably one of the most talked about controversies of the year. That wire was bunk. <laughs> you know, we didn't, I, you know, I wrote about this and I think we talked about this, but karma, karma playing a huge role. I don't think anyone mentioned that. It was just like, yeah, there was this false start and the wiring happened. Oh. And it's just like karma, karma can be uh, unfriendly to you. You know, you know where she, at you, times. you know where she picked it up, Michael? Fuck. Uh, uh, De- Bodie, she picked it up from Bodie. No, no da- down in the hole. <laughs> that was amazing. That was amazing. That was actually my pick. But then I just thought of another one. I guess, there, and there's some Svenergy here with another category that I don't know if we're going to get to. But just the um, the volume, the voluminous. By the way, great word use of the word detritus. Like the uh, the writer in me just loved that. Uh, but the voluminous compa- complaining and carping about Dendermonda. Oh <laughs> man, gosh, that was just wow. I don't, I don't know. I, I haven't heard that much complaining since uh, the course preview for U.S. Nats course has dropped. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always pick Dendermonda as my favorite, the best race. Kind of like I don't I I was definitely complaining about the race course uh, on the podcast, but I was thinking that maybe that that would be a hot pick for best race. But uh, yeah. well, I I I think it 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 is it is telling of the the point we are in in the season and how much it has been discussed that uh, Denise Betsema's name did not come up in the biggest uh, controversy for the for the year. Talked about it. But as a as a segue from what you were talking about with uh, Dendermonde, since it's not your pick, I guess let's go to the course that shouldn't be um, uh, in the in uh, uh, sh- the track that should not host a cyclocross race anymore. No, no, you got to read the actual title oh, to the category. Okay, course that should be <laughs> shot into the sun, <laughs> yeeted into the sun. <laughs> right, I'm going first on this one. <laughs> Robot land. That was terrible. I've never, I am on team. Don't rip on the course. And that course was just terrible. It was like, that was just an irredeemable, like, please never host a race there again. This was terrible. And as Bill indicated, you had all this potential to have, like, it would have been redeemed to me if you had more robots. Were there any robots out on the course? No, I didn't see any robots. So no, terrible, awful. Never do it again. Yeah. Why can't they be roadie? Riding through robots, like, yeah, I, I think this is this is unanimous. I, I, I don't think there is is another is another choice. Dendermonda was Dendermonda. Uh, you know, it it could have been different with that flyover. Again, people argue, and I, I don't disagree with it. You know, uh, our uh, um, uh, uh, Jens Decker, a friend friend of the show, who uh, came in with a take that you got to have races of all kind. This was a heavy mud old field racing looking race <laughs> fine you know if it comes back fine be be good wowed enjoyed it he destroyed everyone no vote for for ostenda 
I know that there were there was a lot of uh, not quite the volume that Dendermon had generated, but I didn't. I was gonna. I didn't mind the, that um, as much. I think that would have been that. That was one that I think with worlds venues, they part of it is built in mind with what they can do as far as capacity for a world's race. And I think that goes a lot into it. And if you look at that venue, you could have fit 60,000 people into that venue and it would have been insane looking. And I think it would have added a ton to the race and just what we've talked about all season. It, It just sort of changes, it changes the whole, the whole deal. And I think that it would have been a people, on race day would have looked at that a lot differently if it was jam-packed with people all around there. And we had good racing. Yeah. I mean, I thought we had good races there. I've definitely come around on Ascenda, and I think that, you know, there is a whole category of, of racing called beach racing. Um, so I I feel like maybe, you know, they should do Ascenda again and, and get more more waves. Like, Ascenda with the party barge that they had at Belgian Nats last year with with the scuba guy in the water like <laughs> I just there we go oh I, I I mean how can we forget for controversy I mean too I we uh caught a, or Blanca Voss's line choice oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> biggest Speaking controversy was was a rider trying to disprove the laws of geometry <laughs> <laughs> outstanding anything else we want to hit here you know we have we have our normal ones we have top women's racer tops men's racer i i don't know i you know i I, if we want to go through them quickly for me it was brandon matthew vanderpool i I just don't i don't know how exciting this this, these um these categories are at this point uh i i'd I'd rather do uh best up and comer male and female i'll go first to get it to get the obvious uh femme van ample I think she used to be a soccer player. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about, Michael. Please tell me more. I, I think you're mistaken. She was a ski jumper. Oh. <laughs> Bill, that was the beginning of this show. Oh, okay. <laughs> so who, how about on the, on the men's side? Got anybody on the men's side? Zach? Well, I mean, you got to go with with Ryan Camp. I mean, I think that he's one of the the ones that we've heard of, and it seems like he's poised to maybe. Uh, we need more Sostraversy, and so you know, I, I definitely would love to see him, especially if Lawrence is re-upping. I mean, he's another guy. You know, you, if you're running the freets, you might take a take a flyer on him. I mean, he seems like he has a lot of potential. He won worlds last year, might have won this year, but for the stairs of doom this year so it seems like he's a guy with a lot of potential and you know those u23 riders really faced a tough i mean the women do it every year but for the men they had to race elites all season and so they were you know instead of having all these wins and podiums to their palmares you know they were grinding and you know i think we would see him crack that top 10 which was super impressive because as we kind of established there's this group that extends all the way down to Don and the Torments twins that have just been, no one has been able to unseat them for five or six years now from that like midler, you know, fourth through eighth or ninth. And so to be able to crack that group is a sign that you're going places, I think. Yeah. And I think he did it in 
when, if you look at the bell curve of the season, when it was at its height, you know, if we want to go with recency bias, then we can throw Vandaputta in there as well, yeah. who is definitely one to keep an eye on and, and found his, his, uh, how to race, I think at the, at the end of the year. So he's, he's going to be a good one to watch as well. I, I had Vosh here, you know, she was, she would be yeah. my pick for, for somebody up and coming. I, it, it's the type of thing. I mean, what do you, you know, you got, you got all the, with the women, it's, it's harder too, because you have this group that's really strong in that age with, uh, Pierza and you have, uh, even Madden Backer and Anique Van Alphen, you have all these young guns who are just poised to come up and it's going to be really interesting how it plays out. And, and I didn't say Man and Bakker because I don't know has she already like jumped out of that is she already somebody that we're looking at in that has already distinguished herself as as someone who can be near the front of a race so here's a question so presupposing that we have the three toppers and Amory Worst is in fact back does one of those young riders join that what's a group of four called a three is a troika what's a four Pull up Euro. Um, I don't know. Yeah, that that <laughs> quadrangle. Um, does you know? I totally I totally derailed this. I'm sorry. Let's start again. So presupposing that we have our three toppers, and then Anne Marie Worst is in fact back. Do you see next season one of those young riders making the jump where they're consistently, you know, as consistently in the mix right where we're talking about them not just as like hey they had a great race but like consistently week after week that they're in that top make it a top five or top six i think it's femme i i think that i think i would pick her i would femme maybe voss and i would pick them both over bakker i just i just think seeing the way that femme rides the way she attacks the course just how fast she is and a quick learner, you know, just coming to these this, with these skills. I just feel like she has so much potential, and she'll be she'll she could be a Alvarado of two years ago, three years ago, maybe next year. You know, just sort of like all of a sudden, boom, there and being dominant. Plus, you get a lot more sand races next year coming back. And we know. I swear, yeah. Michael. I I swear you're conspiring to make me a Bacher backer. Like, I can't believe you're doing this to me. I mean, I think it's Bacher. I think that she has been the one who was the closest consistently. And I mean, we'll see. Like, I just, I I think the curse of the U23 Women's Worlds winner is real until someone breaks it. Mm. And so we'll see if if Femme can put it together. I mean, I don't know. I think another rider who it's, it's hilarious at like age 19, who has a chance to be back is Sharon Van Anroy. Like, was she a fluke? You know, is she going to, because her results weren't super great before she got hurt. Like, you know, I don't know if she was making the femme like jump. And so it's just, it seems like you can't necessarily buy. I'm just gonna say like, I, I don't necessarily buy any one year of success for you. 23 women until they can repeat it. Like say primetime has, and I think Bacher has been doing it for a while. And I think that she finally started to make the leap this year. And she was legit up in the mix. And I can't believe, Michael, you did this to me. Everything comes full circle. <laughs> Hi, you know, Chris she, McGovern. Hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. I did it. Hey, Chris. <laughs> you know, she did get beat in a sprint 
uh, a two-up sprint against Anna Kay and uh, St. Nicholas. So maybe that was my recency bias against Bakker. Um, but since we mentioned Bakker, should we do biggest statement of the year? Yeah, let's do it. Kick it off. Biggest statement. Um, I think, especially after this last weekend, the sort of biggest statement made that I see, and it might not be a statement you like, we might not like, some people do like, I think it's Denise Betsema. I think she just kind of didn't care what anybody said about her. Didn't care what the results of, you know, the the ban and and came out and just won a bunch of races and just raced really hard. I don't know. She's like I said, she's the best of the rest. She's she's a topper. That's a that's a take. <laughs> she made a statement. She did make a statement. Mine's going to be much uh, less controversial. It's going to be Wout Van Aert winning Dendermonda. Yes. I think that that was the 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 official return of Wout Van Aert to the top tier of cyclocross back to a, a, a place where we could at least hope that he could compete with Vanderpool and, and, and pull off a win if the conditions were were good for him to do so and that was such a thrashing in that race and just almost almost a humiliation for <laughs> for Vanderpool that that was I think one of the biggest statements of the year. So I know I was the one who started off the whole statement thing when primetime came out and just like obliterated everyone at Heaton um, at the beginning of the season and I think the biggest missed statement <laughs> the misstatement misstatement opportunity was when she won the two races the weekend before uh worlds in pretty convincing fashion and then just totally blew it at worlds i think i would look at those had she won worlds i'd be like those two races where she was just like hey guys i'm back and i'm gonna smoke you um but then she just totally blew it in the first corner at worlds so that was the biggest misstatement in my opinion, but I think that uh, I think Pickcock's winning Havre. I mean, I know we already gave him an award, but I think it was a sign that he he said, "Hey, the the hype is kind of real, and I'm here to compete." And I think he competed at Namur. I mean, he went out, he was off the front, just ran out of gas, and we kind of wrote him off because he had the Dendermana thing. But he was like finishing second, th- second, third, all leading up to the World Championships, where he just missed out on another podium. So, yeah, I think Havre was a pretty big. Uh, statement by him not hey i'm better than you but like hey this is kind of legit and there's there's something real here that y'all need to to be cognizant of yeah he was on my list as well uh should we uh finish it up with best race moment or are there any 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 others before we get to that 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 you want to hit since we're coming up here on our on our hour can i michael uh, this is just this is michael (laughs) the best kit and the worst (laughs) kit Oh gosh! You're throw me under the bus here. Um, no, this is your forte. I am not throwing you under the bus. I'm, I'm okay. I'm giving, All right. So this is your this is your beat. This is tough. Well, okay. The, the worst kid. I'm sorry. It's Star Casino. I'll just say. <laughs> like I like the riders, and I I don't want them to. You know, like if if they didn't have red bibs, that kit would be a thousand times better, and it would be almost my favorite kit. The full red skin suit just does, doesn't look right. Um, 
best kit? I'm going to say, well, I don't want to be too much of a homer here, so maybe I can't say this. I'm going to say the Tormund's kit. It's kind of ugly, but it's got high viz on it. The biology book? I know, right? So that 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 kind of sounds wrong. Here's what <laughs> I like about it. That it's it's looks like the Wanty Gobert kit, obviously, and it's got the high viz, and high viz is no longer in fashion, so I'm giving them, you know, panache for that one. So I was going to do, um, I, I, I had written in my head, I was going to do a kit, top kits for, for the bulletin and I didn't. So maybe next year I'll have to do this, but I was thinking of like, there's like these two angles, right? One, you want a kit that looks really sharp, but I, I think too, there's something to be said about your kit standing out where I see a rider and I kind of like what I love about the Tormans one is I always know where the kit is and you can kind of guess that if it's early in the race and there's a Tormund's twin at the front, it's probably Quentin. Cause that's what he does. I think I like that consistency. Um, you know, and I, I guess I was looking back, I look at like Cannondale, like I think Cannondale has gone like their kits look amazing. Like they're so classy and just like that dark green is just like, I love what they've done, but I miss the Kelly green because it's like, you knew where Steven Hyde or you knew where Katie Keogh was because that kit stood out. So it's like these two competing factors, you know, which is something to be said about the Umbo kids, but like, yeah, where's wow. Uh, you know, if someone's new now, nah, just look for the yellow. Like, is it the best kit? Uh, not really, but does it stand out? So it's like, I feel like there's these two factors. I really like the Crayfin Fristad's kit. I don't know. I think it's very yeah. like plain and like, just looks nice. Like it's not trying to be too much. It's got nice colors, nice stripes and lines and a good mix. I like that light blue and the black. I think that's a ni- really shorts. nice kit. Yeah. That's oh, I, I think black. Sh- yeah. It's, that's a good kit, Zach. I, I do like the kit a lot. Good choice. Also, I want to say, wow, it's kid is trash. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, on, on the, I'm not a big fan of the hens containers kit. I don't, I don't think that's the the best one out there on the women's side. I'm sorry, Sana, but I, the eco orange green thing. I'm not the a green thing. Yeah. Like, where did that come from? Like, not a I real like that kit. Not a real big fan of that one either. But I think the worst, I will say, worst piece of kit that I saw <laughs> this year was the was the sauces face masks with the tiny little logo in the middle that looked like little lips when they (laughs) they talked and it just freaked me it looked like little puckered lips that were were talking for them because the logo was printed way too small on on the mask so that, that would be my worst piece of kit for for the year uh, I kind of like Jens Adams out there in the, you know, the black and white, you know, here's, here are my sponsors. And that's, that's really all I got for you. I, I was digging that. And, uh, I just to, to sort of keep with that off the beat theme, a lot of Capecchi when she was, uh, between teams out there, the woman in black, I dug that too, just straight up. I'm taking a kid out of my drawer. And, and and wearing the black kit. So I, I, I like that as well. I think there's a few riders here. I feel like one of the Livermans maybe in recent years have just gone with the all black kit. Like just, hey, I'm a privateer. 
and I'm just going to race. And I like that. That's that's a bit of a statement. Yeah. I mean, you can never go wrong. Like all black never looks bad, but it's just you know, it's it's a nice little statement that you can make. Yeah, I think it was Travis, wasn't it? He's just like I'm not I'm not sponsored. I'm just out here. Yeah, that's the statement, right? Is I'm not sponsored. <laughs> yeah. So let's 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 uh, just take this on. I love the um. Do you guys like the sauce kit? They changed it a little. Do you are you do you like the sauces kit? I, I think that to go with it's 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 fine. I think to what Michael was saying that I think Star Casino should should take some some hints from that as to how to mix it up so you're not just one block color for the whole thing. I think it's fine. Can I mention um the Trinity kit? I, I think that that uh, Pitcock's yeah. kit is kit is always pretty stylish looking. I mean, you can't go wrong with the this all white and the national colors. Yeah, I'm gonna give up. But even the even a, the rest of his team. I mean, even with like like, wait, isn't that like the camo blue one? Isn't that that weird? Oh, I really like Pickock's national team kit. Yeah. Like that's just so classy and stylish right. and simple. And yeah, that's the way to support your color or wear your colors. For sure. I was gonna. I was gonna. My homer pick was gonna be. Rebecca Farringer, I like the Kona kit. I thought that looked nice. Uh, that was that was a kit to me that stood out, uh, Zach, and I felt like you could really see that, and you could definitely see it on the start line when she was given those uh, smiles. All right, Bill, did you have like a serious one to, to close this out, or were we just Let's just I'll close it out? I, best, I, all, <laughs> I, I, I was just going to say um, best race moment, maybe, but unless you guys got something else that you want to like finish it up on. No, let's do that. I'll, I'll start. Uh, I. And if if we want to go Homer, I think that watching Clara Hansinger race at Namur may have been the most exciting moment of the year just to see how she did it and how she came back. And at that, because I mean, she would do it in other races as well, but for the first time when she's coming around the world champ in the world champ stripes and basically dusting her on a climb and then continuing on to get second place in that race. I think that that was for me, that was, that was, that was, I would say the highlight of the season just cause it was, it was so exciting. It was so much fun to watch. That's a great moment. And I didn't have one down. So I'm going to go, I have, I have sort of a left field one. I really enjoyed seeing when was it Dieter Vanternout retired? It's a Dieter, right? Yeah. And then him just sort of the 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 amount of like support from the other riders and then Michael came over and like gave him a hug and it was tearing up and just just showing some of that human side, a little emotion and just the fact that, you know, it's these guys all race together a lot and they do it for years and it's 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 especially in this year to sort of have to retire in this year when there weren't weren't fans around, like that had to be super tough. So anyway, that was sort of an extraneous moment that I, I really enjoyed. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was like the moment when Clara passed prime time on the climb at Namur. I mean, and just went right by her. Like, that was pretty awesome. <laughs> I think it's tough to beat that. I mean, I, I was thinking of like most exciting in the moment that became deflating since I'm doing the missed opportunities. But I think when Metsu crashed early at Worlds and you were like, worst case, we're going to get a banger that goes into the second half of a world championships between wow and Machu because it was going to take him and then wow flatted. So it was, it was exhilaration, excitement, and then being deflated. But yeah, I think the unanimous one is, is Clara. Like that was just so awesome on, and Dendermonda, but 
God, when she, yeah, Namur. That was awesome. That was incredible. Yeah, and I think on the other side of that world's the the last last lap in the women's race was a super exciting uh, finale for that race. But that's it. Hey guys, not that much prep, but I think we knocked it out of the park. Well done. Good job. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I've our going forward in the the first cyclocross radio. I. Had a conversation with Pat Lemieux, who is an athlete, agent, wife of gold medalist Gwen Jorgensen, uh, 2012 state cyclocross champion in Minnesota. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we just talked a lot about sponsorship and cyclocross and, and, and the, the North American scene, which is a pretty cool conversation. So we're going to have that next week. And I think after the week out, after that, uh, I, think, I think, guys, uh, we, might, we might take a little vacation week. Um, so the media pit will be off, but we're, we're not done. We'll be back eventually. But, uh, so that's, that's how that's going. What's, what's, what's up on the nowhere fast podcast, Zach? I was going to say, there's like a pretty good guarantee that the media pit will be back. <laughs> I, I would say that I would pick that as that's, that's a good bet. If you're buying back futures, cause I think back futures, we were talking about this in the Slack <laughs> channel about, you know, who you're buying, who you're selling. I would definitely buy the media pit being back. Uh, when cyclocross returns in the fall, hopefully, uh, we are, um, we had a, we are hoping to, we are hoping to do a little Svenergy and have, uh, Tim come on. He's our resident movie star expert. And, um, there's been uh, movie stars like creating an e-racing, by the way, have you guys heard about the star casino talent search? Oh, we oh didn't, yeah. yeah. We didn't even get into that. They're down to three. Yeah. So they, the, the story was, they said they want to find, and to their credit, they're trying to find Belgian talent. So you know what, what the Belgian Federation. I know we talk shit about their kit. What the Belgian Federation is not doing, Star Casino is saying, you know what? We're going to develop talent uh, in Belgium for women. So you right. know what? Mad props to them for doing it. They To qualify, you had to like ride 40 hours in a month or 40 hours in four weeks, put on Strava. And they had like training camp and they had like tryouts. Wasn't that like, like down to root of order? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So they they had races, right? Like yes, you actually raced against the people on the team. That's amazing. It, it looked like it looked like the NFL Combine. They, they, that, that's oh. what it seemed like. Yeah. yeah. So they're down to three finalists, and there's a lot of potential here. So one is a cyclocross racer, one is a triathlete, and one is a swimmer. And I really want the swimmer to win. You know what? Because I really want to talk about when this rider does well that they were a swimmer. Because we <laughs> love doing that in cycling is talking about the sports from whence you came. Man, fantastic. That's amazing. Yeah. Something to, to something that. to talk about when we come back. Awesome, guys. Uh, great season. I, I really, really, this was always the highlight of my week. So um, I, look, I look forward to it. Not to say that we're not going away, but just uh, when we want get back to racing. This was a lot of fun. I I definitely agree. Like this has definitely been a highlight of every week for me since October. So thank you guys. I guess maybe one last thing, and I was going to say the biggest surprise um, we didn't get to, but I thought that we got a full season in. You know, maybe we weren't quite sure if that was going to happen. Zach's worst take: world was going to happen, but we got a, a full, really good season of cross racing. I like that we had. You know, we had the. It was bad we didn't have domestic season but we it allowed us to focus on europe and i think that was kind of a fun exercise for to go all in on that and i really enjoyed that so that was great and on that note bill yes i think we just i think we need to head to the pony camp let's do it <laughs> was live